I really had no idea she was going to say that she was embarrassed for herself. I thought the whole thing was going to be that she was embarrassed of me, but she was actually embarrassed to just watch me do something, which I feel like that's still true in my life in some elements today. I think someone like me who takes a lot of risks and I do a lot of weird shit on the internet, I'm sure there is a lot of people who don't even know me that feel that secondhand embarrassment. So shout out to my sister for putting some content out there that the people really relate to. But as you can imagine, today's episode is brought to you by, of course, Miller Lite and the Lodge at Scroon Lake where you can book your what do I want to say? You're, I don't even want to say it's like a vacation. I don't even want to say it's like a holiday coming up. It's a just because stay. It's just because this place is here. It's new. And that's something that you're going to want to book. You're going to trust me on it. And you're just going to come up here and enjoy some time off. Because that's the other thing. I have not gotten any time off. I didn't travel over the summer. I didn't do anything wild. I stayed in Saratoga where it was supposed to be always sunny and it wasn't always sunny, but I was there anyway. So this actually will be a little bit of a 24 hour work trip for me to somehow find some time to relax or at the very least get a change of scenery. So today is also what I call a little bit of a housekeeping episode. September always appears to be a big month for your girl. At the end of the show, I will talk a little bit about the next live podcast, which I'm sure if you listen to this show, you know has been on the radar for a little bit, but we're ready to get out there and just say it. But before we do that, we'll talk about my first ever stand-up comedy appearance. I did not promote this. This was not part of the September big month for the Botanista because I really actually didn't want to drive attention and talk about this event prior to it happening because, of course, it's something that I've never done before. So I was asked by a local comedian, Erin Harks, who, if you don't know her, she is a really talented stand-up comedian. She performs music with her band, and I think she has some sort of solo act all throughout the Capital Region in the summer and winter months. And Jack actually signed me up for my first stand-up comedy appearance without me even knowing. They were talking, and she holds a monthly comedy series. It's called Women Aren't Funny, which, you know, great title. Um, Women Are Funny. Um, She asked him if I would be interested in doing it. I think there's some collab opportunities to kind of grow audiences there. It's a recurring segment. I'm sure they're always looking for new comics. And Jack said, of course, Taylor will do it. And that was probably six weeks ago, maybe, if not a little bit longer. But in true procrastinator fashion, I think I immediately said, yes, sure, okay, like, I just need to put this off, but I'm going to say I'll do it just to avoid any kind of, like, confrontation and further planning. I'm just going to sign up and say yes. And then I, like, fully live on that pit in your stomach, like, building and building and growing bigger. I've done this for years with my freelance writing, which I've talked about. I just always do it at the last minute. Like, I don't even want to say I'm a thrive-under-pressure kind of person, but I think life just moves so fast for all of us that even when you know there's something of, like, the utmost importance to do, everything else around you is still moving at the same fast pace. So it's harder than you think to actually turn around and dedicate time to something, even when it is like the top of your list. I would just rather knock out like a bunch of smaller tasks and keep everything else moving over those weeks than do what I need to do, which is prepare in advance. And I think this is where it's not a problem. It's not It's not a good or a bad thing that I have, but I signed up. I said I would do it, and I truly didn't really think about it for probably four and a half of those weeks. I had a little prep call with Aaron, and it was just a five-minute set. So five minutes doesn't seem like a long time to 
like I mean ah, maybe it could I think if you some of you could be sitting at home being like if I needed to stand up stage for five minutes and talk like I would go crazy I don't know if I could do that that's such a long time but then someone like me I'm like oh that's not long I'll be fine and that's where I feel that my downfall slash not a good thing not a bad thing comes because I'm like it's only five minutes I can do that every time in my life to date, knock on wood, there's plenty of rustic wood around here, refurnished wood, refinished wood. If you need to knock on wood at the lodge at Scroon Lake, you are going to be absolutely fine. It is wood heavy, wood centric, if you will. Um, knock on wood, anytime I have ever procrastinated, I've been fine. Like, I'm not going to ace the test every time, but I'm going to pass or I'm going to do a good job. Any article that I've ever written, I'll be like, closing my eyes, cringing, slamming the laptop as soon as I hit send. And I'll get an email back from my editor that says, wow, that was one of your best pieces of work. And I'm like, that just cannot be fucking true. So it's been true to date. I thought I would be okay for the stand-up set. I didn't even really know how to prepare. I first things first wanted a notebook, which I am team get a mother freaking notebook, whether you're like a mom with a to-do list, an account manager at an ad agency, an avid grocery shopper, get a notebook, get a physical hardcore notebook and write shit down. Because even though I can open up my Google Docs and that's where I started and I had pages and pages of jokes that I had just kind of accumulated over time. Luckily, I think one thing that made me feel better going into something like this is having a few hundred podcast episodes down where a lot of the stuff that I say in here, if you really poke and prod and find it, is funny in some respect. Um, The one thing I really fucked up on was at one point I had created a note in my phone before I actually had an opportunity to do a show. And I put a note in my phone. I don't even know when I made it. And it's called Stand Up in my notes app. So I'm like, great, let me start there. When I start writing these jokes, it was locked. I, it's the only note I've ever locked in my phone in my entire life. I don't know why I would be so scared to, that I needed to lock it. Like nobody can even get in my phone. It's password protected. And I don't know the effing password. You can't use face ID. The hint I put is home. I have no idea. I've put in every address I've ever lived in, numbers, exclamation points, capital letters, you name it. So I was already kind of batting against my average there, not even being able to unlock the note. Um, But you go from the Google Doc to a little notebook. I like every day made the notes a little bit smaller in terms of what I would bring on stage. And at the end of the day, I felt like I had a solid five minute set that I could roll with, improv with, a little bit more storytelling and did the rest of just cramming, watching stand-up specials, doing things like picking out my outfit, trying to spend the day doing other things. Like I felt like I had memorized enough. It's like when you study for a test, like you can't do it anymore. I treated myself to lunch at Ala Shanghai in Latham because I was getting my hair done. And I sat there, which is still remains one of the top 10 restaurants in the capital region, cold sesame noodles, soup dumplings, me and my notebook, people looking at me like I must be bizarre because I'm just sitting there like like cramming for a test at Al Shanghai during the lunch hour. Um, and then the other shout out is that I got my outfit from Bobbles and Lace in Saratoga, which I don't think enough people know about. That's why I'm going to talk about it real quick for any boutique people. I feel like this is that time of year where I'm going to get a lot of requests for where do I get a cute outfit for like a wedding guest, a rehearsal dinner, that sort of thing. Bobbles and Lace, I would say is a little more casual. It replaced Toga Heritage in 
downtown Saratoga, so it's directly across the street from the Gap if you're, like, looking for a location. Apparently, they have franchises. Like, they're in, like, Northampton, Massachusetts, and, like, a couple other different cities, but it's owned by a local gal. Her name's Sydney. And definitely very good for, like, price point, need something tonight, what's trendy. They even have accessories and shoes, so... Of course, I wanted to look good going up there doing stand-up, even though I didn't promote it and I procrastinated the hell out of it. I feel like even me, I felt like I just needed to wear pants and I hate pants so much. But I just was like thinking about stand-up comedy, like you're just the only person on stage. It's supposed to be simple. It's not supposed to be over the top. I couldn't visualize myself up there in a dress. I couldn't visualize myself up there in a skirt. And I'm obviously girly and feminine or whatever I want to be when I do my other things. I'm like, I need pants. So luckily they had a pair for me. They're actually really great pants. I I should post them because I feel like everyone should have them. They were super long. So my mom did the fashion tape trick. If you don't have like hem tape, she just hemmed them for me. But Bobbles and Lace is a really cute boutique, good price point, um, good stuff. And I bought something that I will actually wear again, which is good for me because most times, especially when it comes to events like the live show coming up, I will wear an outfit so eccentric, so colorful, so over the top that it's just going to sit in my closet forever. So I do feel like it was a little bit of that combination that led to a successful night on stage. Also, a Miller Lite and tequila shot at the Adelphi. I spent the whole day perfectly. Now that I'm recalling it in my head, I did everything that somebody should do to prepare for an event like this. But I can't show the whole show if you really want to know how it went. I would say it went well. The audience laughed. I had a great time. I didn't even use my notes. I remembered everything. I think that's one trick that, like, even if you give a speech, you're always going to have a piece of paper in front of you. And the girl on the news that we did in the morning said something to me live. She's like, isn't stand-up the most intimidating, scariest, blah, 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 you could ever, like, form of entertainment you could ever imagine? I'm like, why don't you tell me that after? Like, I don't want to be intimidated by all the things that I need to remember. But in real talk, I put a little cheesy Instagram caption out there, but it was actually sort of a big moment for me as I reflected on turning 30 in these past couple of episodes and just some of the things and goals that I've set for myself in the beginning of the year, continue to do today. And as I'm looking forward to the next year, this was a huge thing that I've wanted to check off, something that I think deep down I know I can do and I want to do. So having the support and the encouragement and the opportunity more than anything to do it in what I would call a pretty low risk, judgment free zone. You know, I mean, of course, there's moments or there's feelings like people aren't going to laugh, but it is a little different than a podcast in the sense that you're actively aiming for laughs versus this where I can just improv and tell you guys about my life and do things in a little bit more of an organic way. Um, A stand-up set really needs to kind of be a full circle moment. It needs to have those high peaks. It needs to, you know, kind of allow you that time to tell your stories and whatnot. So I would say first time was not too shabby. I definitely wanted to do it again as soon as it was over. So luckily there's some cool venues in Saratoga where I can do the same. And I have a podcast and I have a live show. So I have many other opportunities to do that. So that was very cool. And if you missed it, um, you probably wouldn't have gotten it anyway. I think the, I think the age limit was like 65 plus for this particular show, but, uh, you can come to anything else that I do. I promise I will share more about that in the future. So that was that, um, on a lighter, um, actually the opposite of a lighter note, Uh, I'm recording this from the Lodge at Screen Lake on September 11th, and I just have to do my yearly 
September 11th PSA. It's a little bit of a Debbie Downer today. Thank God it's Tuesday. It's September 12th as you're listening to this. But yesterday was the first football Sunday of the year, a.k.a. see you at Home Goods, girls. Let's giddy the F up and get the F out to Home Goods. If you are a girl and you're saying you genuinely live for and love football Sunday, like you want to be on the couch with the beer and the chips all day, you're lying. You're trying to get somebody to like you. There's just no way. Like, there, our time is, girls, we, we could spend our time a little bit better on a Sunday than being glued to the TV. I feel like this is, let's get traditional, like, let's, let's let the guys do their thing and let the football-liking girls make more of a wholesome day out of it. Let's not sleep on Sunday. And by that, I mean don't go to the grocery store. I went yesterday. It was the most miserable experience. You should never go to the grocery store on a Sunday, and I'm saying that for myself because I've said it before, and I broke my own rule, and I've done it again. But I do think you can have football on in the background. You can enjoy it. But you need to make more of an atmosphere out of it. And this, if you want to go full happy fall, y'all, go for it. Like, light the candle, make the food, but don't just sit there. Like, be active. I probably got 20,000 steps yesterday just from running around my house, cleaning, doing my stuff. And I think that's actually a nice moment. That's a nice sort of reset where I felt like almost because football's on, I'm not obligated to watch it, but I'm also not obligated to, like, go anywhere. It was my first sort of slow-ish Sunday in a while, just catching up. And I think that's one kind of pro of football is that, like, it's a good day to be home, even though it's still nice out and you can go and do your home goods and all that other stuff that I joke about. But after the—it must have been the 4 o'clock games were on. I was on the couch. I just finished, like, dinner and cleaning up. And it was 60 Minutes. I'm not usually a CBS girl, but, and I used to love 60 Minutes. I feel like that's part of the reason why I became sort of in, like interested in journalism and storytelling because I felt like they always did such a good job. But they had a bit on last night about 9 11, which I'm saying with full seriousness, like I feel like every single person, if you actively don't, needs to consume some sort of like 9 11 recap documentary news piece every single year especially I mean everybody I'm talking to and everybody I know mostly was alive for it but I as I was watching it last night I was thinking a lot about without saying it like this like I had this thought in my head which isn't going to come out right but I was almost like I'm glad I was alive for it which is a horrible thing to say because it was the most horrible thing ever but what I mean by that is that I'm glad that I have the memories and the experience of going through that period in history because I truly don't think if you were not alive in that moment that you could ever understand the magnitude of it. Like think about people like myself or, you know, anyone else who didn't know anybody who wasn't in, you know, the greater New York City area and still felt the impact and the emotion and the the history of it all from afar. If you weren't alive, I think it just probably feels like such a far-fetched isn't the right word but like just such a crazy thing that you can't even imagine because you don't have any memories and you don't know what it was so um I was just trying to think I'm like wow if I ever had kids like what am I gonna do sit them down and make them watch it but I think anybody should like I almost wanted to rewind it and watch it again and have my boyfriend watch it and be like this is just such an important thing to reflect on it puts so many things in perspective and it's it is again weird to be like 
know that you were alive when like so many things changed like truly forever and not like the pandemic like no like this was so catastrophic and so crazy and every year I watch content about it I always learn something that I didn't know last night's on CBS was about a lot of the kids and the families you know who had lost a parent how the next generation assumed that responsibility and joined the FDNY and wanted to be part of it for the future despite how traumatizing it was to kind of like you know, pay homage to their loved ones who they lost and things like that. It was a little bit more of the technical side of how they actually approached it from an emergency response perspective. And you could see the reporter who he is like the 60 minutes guy. I just don't know his name because I don't watch it all the time anymore. But like, I mean, he had legit tears in his eyes the whole interview. Like it's it's so gut wrenching to just watch that experience all over again. And it's there was one woman who was a firefighter. She was only her second year. And her and another one of her partners, he asked her the morning of if they could switch jobs for the day. So they basically switched fire engines or switched roles because this other guy said, hey, will you do that for me? And she said yes. And because of that switch, she was on the ground and he ended up passing away in, in you know by going up or whatever. He was instructed to do that day based on the role that he took. And she was saying like, she's like, I just don't want someone to read one page about this in a history book and when they turn the page it's over and it's not remembered anymore and it's a memory like she said in her culture like you speak people's names and you keep them alive by doing that and whatnot but it's so true like if you weren't alive I don't know that you would fully understand and it's not like we're happy we remember like I'm not like you know it's they're not happy memories but at least I can say I know where I was and all that stuff and on a, on a lighter note I'm pretty sure I probably told this story on the podcast last year, but I will tell my 9-11 Remember story just to boost the mood a little bit before we move on with the show. My biggest memory after 9-11 was that on 9-11, I had a play date scheduled with my two best friends, Caitlin and Kim, who are still my best friends today, and that got called off due to the attacks. I went home. I watched the TV with my mom. She told me that my friends weren't coming over anymore. But a day or two later, it could have been a week or two later. My memory is not that great. Once we knew it was Osama bin Laden in particular who was behind all of this, Kim and Caitlin were allowed to come over to my house for our scheduled play date. And I lived in an old historic house that was hundreds and hundreds of years old. And things made noises. Things weren't always 100% functioning as they would if it was a brand new house. And for some reason, as as third graders trying to process the terrorist attacks and the aftermath and the manhunts and whatnot, we somehow, the three of us, convinced ourselves that Osama bin Laden was in the toilet. Like, I, I don't know why. I don't know how. I mean, physically, probably wasn't possible. But there was a noise that came from the bathroom, and we thought... Like, he's trying to escape, he's in the water pipes, and he's going to come to 816 Plank Road right now. And that went on for weeks, if not months. Like, I was the kid, I'm still the kid, that gets up in the middle of the night and, like, wakes up their parents sometimes. Like, I do breathing checks on my mom. I um, hate being home alone. So back then, I was probably sleeping in on my parents' floor for six months after 9-11 because I was convinced that the world's number one enemy terrorist was in my sewer system. 
And he wasn't, luckily. Obviously, we got the bad guys the good old-fashioned way. We didn't have to flush him down the toilet or anything. But but really, that is my lasting memory of 9-11 is how the hell are we going to catch this guy and why is he in my plumbing? And luckily, we never found him. Never found the issue either, but it's all good. But yeah, I think everybody should watch a little bit of 9-11, just reflect and be a little quiet today for obvious reasons. I think it's important, and it really is just sort of um, wild when you think about it all at the end of the day. Um, All right, next up, let's talk live show a little bit before we get to five random things. The live show, as of right now, thank God it is Tuesday, September 12th, this afternoon... At approximately 4 p.m., you will be able to get your tickets to the next Buttonista show live from June Motherfreaking Farms. That's right. We are returning for year two. This will be my 30th birthday celebration on the farm from the Pony Barn. I am so excited to bring it back, run it back at this venue. If you were there last year, you know June Farms is an absolute classic place the vibes are so high it's the perfect fall spot we accommodated a bunch of people into the barn had great content for you on the tv this year it'll be a little bit of the same some different games we have live drawings from jenny c designs who is an incredible local artist she's going to be there taking basically outfit pictures of you and turning them into little portraits that you can take home so make sure you wear a good outfit um and that's really all you need to know the show is back it's going to be a fun one. I'm ready to giddy the F up. There's not that many tickets, though, so you got to get it. If you're listening now at 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, before 4 o'clock, you could save a little uh, note in your calendar, set an alarm so you make sure you get the tickets. This is the only time I've ever announced it in advance because one of the major pieces of feedback that we get is that the shows sell out too quick. Weird flex, but okay. Uh, but they do. We only post it when they're live, so people don't actually know that it's happening. So this time we're going to give people a little bit of a heads up. If you need to, like, collect your girl squad, your mom, your BF, your BFF, whoever you need, Aunt Kathy, you'll let them know that the show is coming. And then you can make sure you secure your tickets. So uh, you got to do that now. The tickets will be on Eventbrite, link in bio, you name it. But if you haven't been to a show, if you've listened to the podcast before and you're like, I got to get to one, they're only getting better. I'm only getting better at this. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, really, we've we've put together an amazing show for you guys that feels fun and different every time. We have people that this will be their freaking sixth show. I can't believe in a year and a half we've already ha- will have done six of these. Um, it's a one show too. We're not doing back to back. We're not doing two nights at June Farm. So make sure you come out, and uh, I'm very, very, very much looking forward to that. And since you know, celebrating my 30th birthday with everybody, because why not? That's that's what we do here in the world of Two Buttons Deep. We work on our birthdays and we invite everybody to join in on the fun. So let's wrap up the show today so I can go enjoy the lodge at Scroon Lake. This is five random things presented to you by Pioneer. Pioneer is moving the region forward. They're not just a bank, baby, okay? They are here for the kids. They're here for the community. They've recently rebranded. Their branches look fresh and fun throughout the 518. And this Saturday, September 16th, they are hosting a free carnival for kids in their parking lot on Wolf Road. Pioneer 
is committed to the community. They want kids to just be kids. So there's no admission fee. They can go in and have themselves a day from face painting and rides to all sorts of stuff going on. So if you have kids and you're looking for something to do this weekend, I highly recommend going out and supporting Pioneer and just having a day where your kids can roam around and be free and have a good time right here. So let's see what is on five random things today. I believe they are quite random, in fact. Number one, this is something that I wanted to talk about a few weeks ago. Didn't mean, uh, didn't happen to bring it up with my sister. Trader Joe's, my friend, Trader Joe, has had five product recalls lately. I hope you guys know this by now, because if I'm breaking the news to you, then you quite possibly could have already experienced things like, are you ready? Rocks in your cookies and insects in your broccoli cheddar soup. I have been on a little bit of a Trader Joe's hiatus lately. I feel like sometimes I go on like grocery store, like hiatuses in general, where I'm like, holy shit, it's been two weeks since I've been to the grocery store. I'm just busy. I'm out and about. But sometimes when I'm grocery shopping, I think to myself, wouldn't I much rather be at a Trader Joe's right now? I could not be happier reading this that I have not been to a Trader Joe's because of all the things to find in your like frozen foods from all places... This is beyond disgusting and depressing to me. They're calling it extraneous materials triggered nine recalls. Of course, I'm getting an ad as I'm trying to read this for you. In more than 477,000 pounds of food. That was just in 2022 alone. This article is saying that, oh my God, copper wire how a dead bat and bagged salad this is the, these are old now i'm just i'm just getting a little crazy how how is this possible you guys there's this there's this documentary on netflix right now i don't know what it's called it's like it's like one of the first ones you see and it's about these people that are living like so clean and so simple and saying like you can just eat from the ground and the earth and all of that. My dad would love it because he's on all these weird health kicks. Remember when he was like boiling his avocados at like pits and making like tea into it. But I cannot watch that documentary because it looked so inspiring and so artfully made that I feel like if I watched it, like I would never have a Miller Lite again. Like I would I would have to let go of all this ignorant bliss that I enjoy in my life by just putting whatever I want into my body. This article that I was trying to read is basically saying like the people that are defending this are saying that it's like almost impossible to like not get stuff in your food, basically. Like the way that food is made, this is just going to happen. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody, but I'm I'm very upset about this and I I don't is it going to make me stop going to Trader Joe's? Probably not. Um, but if I ever get a message, like I'd rather my car get recalled than my Trader Joe's broccoli cheddar soup. Because once that's gone, like that's gone. Um, number two. Um, oh, this is just a, a segue. This is a 1A. Maybe we'll only get to four minutes and things. Uh, 1A is that oysters are also linked to a flesh-eating virus called vi- Vibrio vulnificus. Um, that is not something that I want. And I also think I'm done with oysters for the rest of the year. That was also just a PSA for your health because I think I was just at Hamlet and Ghost recently and had some oysters. If they're on the half shelf, I get a little of the sauce in there. I'm an oyster girl in an oyster world, but the world is not my oyster with that news. That flesh eating virus also where I draw the line. Number three, I would like to listen today on this show for the first time. 
I've been told by the internet that Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion have a new raunchy hit song called Bongos. And before we listen to it, um, here are some lyrics that we're going to watch out for. Um, Eat this ass like a plum, this pussy tight like a nun. That feels appropriate for being at a former Bible camp today. So I'm going to give my live reaction to Bongos by Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. Oh, I'm excited. I'm glad these two don't have beef because I feel like these are two girls that could easily not get along. And the fact that they make music together is really a good element of girl power that I need to feel desperately. All right, let's go. Oh, yeah. I don't love it. All right, let's see if we can get to Megan this time. I'm not loving it. Let's see. How is your chorus pussy tight like a nun? And then it doesn't get any better from there. I mean, the music video is enticing, that's for sure. Oh, I feel like I'm getting some live show outfit inspo from the music video, which you can now kind of watch embedded in Spotify. Having a very hard time yet again looking for an outfit for the live podcast. As mentioned with stand-up, I feel like pants is the move, but I don't know. I'm not loving any of the fall fashion trends that I've seen. We talked a little bit about loafers a few months ago. I feel like I'm getting a lot of like kind of like schoolgirl chic vibes. I think some of the return outfits that we're seeing, like I've seen a lot of people like posting some viral fashion stuff from like the Walmarts of the world being like, we're not ready for this. I'm talking like sweater vests with the collared shirt underneath, which I feel like I've tried that look a million times. A lot of plaids. Um, and I just, I don't know if that's like a, a it's Britney bitch coming back, that sort of look with the pigtails, but I have not found a fall fashion trend besides the cargo pants, which I've done and done and done, that I love enough to bring to the live show. But maybe if I watch this Cardi B music video for a little bit longer. Oh no, they're going full 80s in this. They have like curly... Um, curly, like, rainbow-colored wigs. They have armbands on, little bikinis with basically matching boobs. Um, I'm going to rate that song very low. I feel like that song is, like, a 3 out of 10. Uh, other than the first initial line, I'm not into it. And I, now I see why their boobs are out. Those are the bongos. Uh, what else do we have on five random things? I told you they would be random. Um, let's see. That was 1, 1A, one 2, 3. Speaking of fashion, I am here. Yet again, let me take a sip, on this podcast to talk myself through that I feel like I need to buy a pair of sneakers again this week. And this is something that I always battle with as a 4'11 girly. I hate sneakers. I love them on other people. I love the way they look when I shop for them online, but they do not do anything for me if they are truly not like six inches tall, there's just no way for me to pull off any of these like IG trending sneakers looks 
without being taller. And it's like my kryptonite. It's something I hate. It's something that I am easily jealous when I see other people look cool in a pair of sneakers. But as much as I want to swear off them and I hate them so much, it's fall. It's like I want to feel like I'm going back to school shopping. Maybe there's some nostalgia there. Or just the practicality of it. Like we're not in boot season yet. I'm going to New York City this weekend and next weekend. I need proper footwear. It's almost like, what do they call it, open season for deer? It's almost like no open season for toes. Like we got to close the toes up. They're going to hibernate for the winter. And I feel like I need a pair of like big, chunky new balances like everybody else. Even though I'm not like everybody else. I'm a lot shorter than everybody else. I'm feeling the squeeze. I'm feeling the sneaker squeeze. I need... I need three inches. So if you can recommend, if you know a pair of sneakers that will at least make me 5'1 on a generous good day, that is what I'm looking for. I can't believe how expensive like the New Balances are. For example, the the Veja ones, those are really expensive. I've had Saludos before, but then you'll see like a Steve Madden at Marshall's that there's like 60 pairs of. I don't necessarily want the pair that they're selling 60 of at the Latham TJ Maxx Marshall's combo. But... If you see me out in sneakers, be kind. Don't be like the girl a couple weeks ago that said she forgot how short I was or she didn't realize how short I was in person because I think there's a way to work them into fall fashion. I think there's a way for me to continue my route into being more casual at the appropriate time. But I also don't want to get the trendiest brand. Like I said, I don't want to be like everybody else on this. So I'm not fully sold I need something that will be here before this weekend, before I go to New York City, because I feel like I have to do sneakers, maybe a little sneaker dress combo. I don't know what I'm getting myself into, but it definitely does you bring you back to that. I'm going back to school. It's September. I need a pair of fresh white sneakers, even though there is no school in sight. There's no school in my future. I just feel like it's a rite of passage. And by the way, mom, if you're listening, buy them for me. Like one of my parents should buy them for me for back to school, let alone the fact that I do have a birthday next week. Not one person has asked me, what am I doing for my birthday? Am I excited about my birthday? Do I have any plans? What are my hopes and dreams? It's all been self-reflection up until this point. So I can guarantee myself that I will not be getting any sneakers or presents of any kind next week, which is totally fine. Last but not least, I know nobody asked me, but another problem that I think we need to solve, whether it's like a Shark Tank invention or I need to just connect on a deeper level is why women's jeans, another clothing item that I'm not a fan of in any way, shape or form. Why do jeans get stretched out so much? Like so much. I'm wearing a pair of Rent the Runway jeans right now that when they were first on my body, the first time the virgin experience was phenomenal. I felt like a true million. They looked great. They had the exact style that I wanted. They're baggy in the right places, but tight at the high waist. I have washed them, worn them for, I don't know. I mean, it's been a few hours that I've worn them now, and I feel like they will be like to my knees in a few hours. And I don't know if it's a material thing. I don't know if I truly actually am not like I'm maybe I'm getting jeans that are too big for me because my two current favorite pairs of jeans are my average size I would say and I usually do order up just slightly but the the amount of stretch that I'm seeing in my jeans lately is another L for jeans I hate jeans I hate pants 
I only like cargo pants. I like these sweatpants are all that fit me right now pants. But if I don't know if I should get them tailored or I'm thinking of a Shark Tank convention where maybe we can like pinch. I need like a, you know what? I shouldn't even say this because I think this is a really great idea. And if it doesn't exist already, I will make it. I need like a, what's this? What's is it? It's not a safety pen. What's a, what's a thing that you clip paper, a paper clip. I need a paper clip for jeans that you just do a little pinch and tuck in the back. You squeeze them and they stay shut. Like I need a chip clip for my pants. Otherwise I will bedazzle a chip clip until I can find a solution because they fit okay. And if I went down a size, that's the whole dilemma, right? Is that if I went down a size, they wouldn't really fit in the moment until they stretch. I don't want to break in jeans. I think breaking in like a pair of leather shoes, anything leather is expected. Like you buy it, you know, it's going to be a little tight, a little crisp, and then you let it wear over time. That should not be the case with jeans. And I don't want it. Like I literally will start the day like with high waters on high waisted Pee Wee Herman and I will end the day like Shakira belly dancer. And that's just not okay with me. All right. That's it. I need to get back to enjoy my life here at the lodge at Scroon Lake. Get your tickets for the buttonies to show. They will be out tonight at 4 p.m. See you next Tuesday. And in two Tuesdays, we will be together for my 30th birthday celebration live from June motherfreaking farms and when she's dressed that thing around everybody be breaking a neck like who that girl who that girl who that girl